back to a shared word. Sandy, this is our sixth episode here. Unbelievable. I'm having a great time. I hope folks are enjoying and benefiting from this. <laughs> Me too. Just, just about, about half as much as I am. Yeah. Because that would be enough. <laughs> so this week we're going to talk about uh, the wisdom sayings and what they teach us about the very nature of work, which I think for some people, they're probably listening to this podcast to get away from work or when they leave work. <laughs> Or trying to have an attitude when they go into work that's good. Why are we going to talk about work? Isn't it amazing <laughs> that uh, I, we could look at a uh, hundred of the very best wisdom sayings throughout history. And I think uh, we found, uh, and I think a lot of people would find if they did that, that one of the five or six major categories of interest on the part of those wise people is in work. So what is it? Yeah, what is it about work? Uh, that we want to focus on? What makes it so special, uh, worthy of our attention? And that people are trying to get away from work. Well, I mean, after all, let's remember God had to get away from work for one of the seven (laughs) days too. So getting away and reflecting, which we hope people are doing, uh, maybe they're listening to us at work. Yeah, right now in their cubicle. (laughs) In their cubicle. But let's talk about what it it might be. I want to take a few of these sayings and kick us off um, and get your thoughts on so Shemaiah puts it, a wise person, just put it really simply. He said, love work. <laughs> love work. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda added to that, great is toil. It, uh, it honors the toiler. So I want to ask you, um, just from these, I mean, that raises a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, why should we love work? What is it in work that should cause us to love it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. There's something great. And the doing of it, uh, being a toiler, that is being a worker, uh, is honorable. Uh, the work honors the worker. Mm-hmm. I think in those statements, we're getting an introduction, a good introduction to why work is so important yeah. uh, among those who were wise. Why is it? Why should it be important to us? I think our culture is probably like most cultures throughout human history. That we spend most of our days in work. You know, we, we spend most of our days, uh, especially in our culture today, we spend most of our time not at home, not with family, not with friends, but with our occupation, with our career. And so I sure hope that we can find joy and delight there in the midst of our work. But I know for me personally, like there's, there's been times in my life where I have had the opportunity not to have to work uh, much. And... Uh, it's not always a great time for my soul, <laughs> but there's something about going to bed tired from a good day's work, which for me is an incredibly gratifying experience. And uh, if you were to look at the very, the very beginning of humanity, how God purposed humanity, even in the Garden of Eden, we see that one of the first roles that we had as people was co-laborers with God. Mm-hmm. So we were created to labor with God in the Garden. And this was a blessing. This was not a burden. This was not an undue uh, part of the curse. But it was actually a part of the very good creation, the order that God created. I get all that. That's fantastic. Let me ask you to go deeper. Yeah. Uh, what is it in the work itself that is so beneficial? Beneficial to the doer of the work, and I'm going to give a hint to where I'm going with this, to the beneficiary of the work. Mm-hmm. Why God works and that's the first thing we learn about God, is God created. Mm-hmm. And we got a pretty detailed account of God's work right at the beginning 
of, um, of the first book of Genesis. Um, so God created, then as you say, we were created in God's image, mm-hmm. and boom, right off the bat, we're working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is obviously important to have this as the first idea in the Bible. But what is it about the work itself? You mentioned one, this feeling of contentment mm-hmm. after a long day's good work. Mm-hmm. But what else is there about work itself that ma- that's so ennobling, that makes it so honorable? Well, it's an incredible thing when people are working together for the common good. Good, good. And so when I'm playing my part in this community to help it flourish, and I look around the rest of the, the, rest of the community, and they're doing the same, it's benefiting all of us. That's a good thing. Yeah. And there's a sense of energy that happens when a community does that together. And I feel like we've experienced this in our own life. When you, There's nothing that's more unifying for a team than to work on something together. It is beautiful. And I, I want to just pull out what you, from what you just said one point. Uh, it's beneficial to others. It's nice to see the effect. If, if a person has invented um, uh, in technology uh, a device that uh, not only just saves others from labor, but makes life more meaningful to them, mm-hmm. or one has created a, a beautiful piece of art, or one has helped build a house that others will live in and enjoy, uh, we can. One has. Uh, uh, one, a per, it took a person uh, to uh, plant an apple tree and harvest from the apple tree, and another and other people to distribute the apple for me to enjoy the taste of this very sweet piece of fruit. Mm-hmm. So th- all of those people have contributed to the joy, to the to the better lives of of others. That is certainly inherent in work too. Let me ask you though one final question on this one. Um, there's some people listening, and I think we've all experienced this in our own lives, time when work was really, no matter how glorified people like you and me make it here on this podcast, Mm -hmm. work has for many people been drudgery. Mm -hmm. In fact, it probably has in certain jobs I've had, you have had. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those people who show up where it's just, it's mechanistic, or it's boring, or it's uh, they may not be resonating too well to what to this wisdom or to what we're saying. What would you say to them? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. You know, the ideal is that we're working in a career that's using the gifts that God's given us. I mean, that's the ideal. But there's many of us. I don't think my grandfather really thought much about that. A child of the Depression, I don't think he had the liberty to think about what's my calling in life. I think he just worked to provide for his family. But I think for him, he lived a rich, full life uh, being able to do that. I think there's also wisdom in looking around for a purpose within the purpose. So what's the purpose of me working at an office? Well, maybe, maybe I'm not loving the thing I'm doing, but I get to, to be an encourager and a friend and a support to the people I'm working alongside. And so I think that's also another part uh, that uh, could be meaningful for you. I, I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, one is, I'm, I think of my grandfather who did work, came to this country, uh, had been trained actually to be a lawyer, but because of discrimination couldn't be and had to flee his native land. Came here and did a job that I thought, uh, he. I think he did find some creativity in it, but it seemed like drudgery to me. But I know that he got great pleasure in providing for his family and creating an opportunity for his son and grandson to be able to go out and do this uh, work that I'm doing now. He's a part of the work I'm doing, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be doing it if it weren't for the platform he set. Mm -hmm. And I think he too had times or moments where he could feel 
the, the benefit, the joy too. Uh, anyway, I, I'm glad we gave it. We dealt with the minor tones of the music there too. <laughs> Here's another one, Mark, I want to ask you about. Here, it, it, this is a wisdom from Proverbs. Uh, when, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. <laughs> but from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvest. What is that proverb teaching us about our own natural inclinations and perhaps reasons for why in the area of work we should work to overcome them? <laughs> yeah, so I don't think, I think what this proverb is trying to say is a manger wasn't created to be clean. <laughs> a manger is meant to be messy, it's meant to be dirty. And so, yes, yeah, you know, an oxen, although it complicates and messes up life, it also brings about the harvest. Right, right. Absolutely. And isn't it so? I mean, I just want to ask this of you, and it certainly is of me. Uh, isn't it so that however wonderful the work is, however gratifying, uh, isn't it so that oftentimes we just don't want to do it? it it's, it's hard. It takes time. There's anxiety in it. Who wouldn't rather just stay asleep in the morning? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we have those inclinations. Uh, and it's messy. You have to clean stuff up. And sometimes there's a long time between the mess and the goodies that yeah, come yeah. from the work. Yeah. I think this is saying that. That if, that if you want to get to the rewards of the work, in this case, the harvest that the ox helps bring us about, mm-hmm. helps bring about, you gotta, you got to live with those messes. Yeah. I mean, any time that people work on a team of people, it's going to get messy because everyone is messy. And for me, even I think about my friends who are kind of creative, they are off on their own, they're creative. Even that creative process, you begin with an idea, but then it gets really, really messy until you actually get to a point where you figured out what you're actually creating. So we want to have the harvest, right? It's good to have a harvest. We benefit from the harvest. We're willing to put up with a mess to get the harvest. But is there a time when it, it crosses over? When our interest and delight and benefit from having a harvest turns into wanting to be rich. Hmm. Wanting to, wanting, in fact, getting so focused on the riches mm-hmm. uh, that it moves from work and the joy of the product of work to a, a real um, obsession with the riches themselves. Um, I think the next proverb teaches us a little bit about what happens to us when that transformation takes place. Here it is. This also is from Proverbs. A rich man's wealth is his fortified city and like a lofty wall in his imagination. (laughs) I love that. It's almost like there's like this uh, bait and switch that the writer... (laughs) This is Proverbs eighteen eleven. Yeah, that, that uh, it's like almost like a bait and switch is happening here. Yeah, you oh, feel yeah. like yeah, you, you feel like he's, he's pray. Oh, this is great. A and, fortified city, a lofty wall in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does it tell us uh, is good about making money? About having um, a yield from mm-hmm. our work just as a harvest in the Mm -hmm. case of the ox helped us get to the harvest. That was good. What's good about that? Mm -hmm. Where does it go too far? What's this proverb telling us? Uh, Yeah, but. So there's, you know, there's obvious, there's, you know, there's much wisdom in having, 
having a harvest and being able to provide for yourself. I mean, that's an incredible gift from God. But for me, the focus on this Proverbs is the words fortified, a fortified city and a lofty wall. So for me, one of the dangers of wealth is that we try to use it to ensure that we're not vulnerable. And the very reality of being human is we're all vulnerable. There's no way to buy yourself out of it. There's no way to to wall yourself away from it. To be human is to be vulnerable. And uh, so you can try to spend your all your days working, but you're going to build something in your mind. <laughs> yeah. It's not that you can't have a wall that gives yeah. you some protection. Right. And it's not that wealth doesn't help you create the buildings of a city or all the other amenities of a city. But when you begin to think you are, as you were suggesting, so protected, so secure, that you are no longer, um, uh, you know, uh, eligible for the tribulations of being human, mm-hmm. that you're protected from all of that. Mm-hmm. You've gone too far. Yeah. It's only in your head. Yeah. I think this is a very nice warning uh, uh, for us to consider as a place where our interest in work can be excessive or yeah. can, go, uh, uh, can go astray. That's okay, right. let me ask you the next question. Now, this is a rather lengthy... Uh, it's, notice, by the way, that we wouldn't be focusing on work uh, in wisdom sayings, I think, if it weren't for the incredible attention to it in yeah. Proverbs yeah. themselves. That book has what has really given it. And, and that maybe is worth some consideration. Uh, remember that Proverbs was a book that was written by wise people for use in the general society, hmm. as opposed to many of these wisdom sayings that had more to do with the way an academy uh, or uh, rabbis or priests or uh, thinkers would deal with. This is saying to the common person, to you and me, uh, what's important. Mm-hmm. And work is heavily emphasized. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a discussion of work itself. And I want you to just picture, close your eyes and picture uh, what this worker is doing and what life is like for him or her. The proverb says, 27, this is 23 through 27 verses in chapter 27. Know well the appearance of your sheep. Give thought to the herds, for wealth is not forever, nor does a crown endure generation after generation. When grass disappears and verdure appears and the grasses of the hills are gathered, there will be sheep for your clothing and goats, the price of a field and enough goat's milk for your food, the food of your household and provisions for your maidservants." Mm. This has got, uh, we're, we're going to largely close with this saying. What is this? This, I think, gets to the heart in real graphic literary terms of what I think we were trying to say with notions at the beginning of really the beauty of work, what it is, and what it does for us. What do you gather from these various verses, Mark? There seems to be a, a sense of like nobility in one's work. Like it's a noble thing to be in a position like this. And I love I love how it begins. Know the appearance of your sheep. Mm-hmm. To be that, it's almost a, a posture of intimacy with sheep. Like know, to know, to be accessible, to be relational, to be available. Uh, because the reality is, and this proverb saying this, is we are incredibly connected to the fruits of our labor 
And uh, so this, for me, speaks about that. Because mm-hmm. when the grass disappears and the grasses on the hill are gathered, uh, then the sheep will be sheared and their provision will help provide life for you. Mm-hmm. So give your life to it, is what it seems to be saying. It's a beautiful imagery of the connectedness that we should have with our work. I think that's fantastic. I so agree with you. Know well the appearance of your sheep. Give thought to the herds. Get into it. I think this is another <laughs> way of get in. Get into the depths of your work. Understand what it is. Uh, you know, who are the people you're working with? Yeah. What's the nature of the problem you're trying to solve? What's the goal? Get deeply into the joy it can bring to others. But understand the people and the material. If they're animals or if it's plants or whatever it is, co-workers. Just dig deeply into it. It's life. Yeah. That's the essence. That's the, the essence of what you're doing there. That all of this helps provide for us too as we provide for it. Um, that's just... Uh, and, and one final thought I have, and then I want you to wrap all this up today, is that it's not just uh, providing for us, but it's providing for uh, our broader community, for our family, for those who serve us, and as we learn, of course, from the woman of valor, for those who are in need and count on us to help provide for them as we've been provided for. Mm-hmm. So where do we end up, Mark, with this discussion of work? And the uh, work is just a crucial uh, item that we need to attend to as part of thinking about wisdom. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm going to hold off on meddling with other people. I'm going to meddle myself uh, on, <laughs> on this one. Uh I hope my perspective on work shifts, that I don't see work as a burden or an impediment to the, what I want to do in life, but I actually see work as a gift and a blessing from God, not only to be able to provide for my family and for others, but also just for the sake of being a part of the greater good. That's, that's my challenge for myself, is to see work as good. And that, of course, let me just finally say, and that, of course, is the word God used. Yeah. Uh, every day that God worked, it was good. May it be so. Always great to be with you, my friend. You too.